We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. You know, like at sports, sporting events, we don't see the big signs that says, Hi, Dad. We see the big signs that say, Hi, Mom. You know, and everybody gets all mushy and, and feely and touchy when it's Mom Day. It's Mom. Oh, Mom does everything. Hey, Dads do too. Dads do some stuff. We get up every morning. We go to work. We work hard all day. We sweat and, and come home, and, and we still got to do things around the house. It's not just the moms doing everything. Us dads do a lot too. So I don't want any of the dads to be minimized. Dads are awesome, and dads are wonderful. Let's give all our dads a big hand today, amen? Come on. Yeah. When I was in, uh, in school, I played a lot of basketball. How I mean, I many sports people we have play sports? Our coach uh, was very adamant about defense. We played a lot more on defense, practiced it, than we did offense because he figured we can shoot the ball, but we may not know how to guard the ball. And so he had this uh, defensive drill that he did every day that wherever the ball was, that's where your hands went. Okay? So even if somebody over here has the ball, you're watching out of the corner of your eye, he called it sloughing. You slough over, you keep the person with the ball in your corner of your eye, and your hands are going with the ball. I cannot tell you how many times he stopped practice and made us run lines because somebody's hands went down. Sometimes when you get tired, you can't breathe, your hands go down. Whenever people are playing basketball especially and you see them on the free throw line, they got their hands like this and lean over, they're tired, they can't breathe. They're getting their lungs as full of air as they can. They can't breathe. Why? Hands down. Coach always said, hands down, man down. You got to have your hands up. You got to be on defense. You got to be ready. And I have found in life, that's what happens with a lot of us men. We get tired, we get worn out, we get weary, and it feels like uh, the whole, life just keeps kicking us in the gut, and sometimes we're all bent over, can't only catch our breath. We're working hard, we're doing double shifts, we're doing everything we can do to make a living, and man, everything just, just gets more expensive. And built inside of a man are two things. Number one, I'm going to provide for my family, and number two, I've got to fix everything. So ladies... Don't come to us with a problem if you don't want it fixed. You ladies come to us with a problem and all you want us to do is listen. We're not listeners. How many of you women know men don't listen? We're fixers. The moment you start saying something, we already got it fixed right here. Yeah. Already. And we're just waiting for you to breathe so we can tell you all our wisdom. Okay, yeah, I'm going to preach to you today. I got something to say. But yeah, I found a lot of times when my hands are down, I'm down. I got to make sure I keep my hands up. So today we're going to talk about a father whose hands were up. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 22. I love this passage. Genesis 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. Have you ever felt like you've been tested? You see, there's two things. God tests the enemy tempts. When God tests, he does it in a way for us to pass. When the enemy tempts, he does it in a way for us to fail. God wants us to pass, so he gives us a test. The enemy wants you to fail, so he tempts you. So God 
tested Abraham. He wanted Abraham to pass. And he said to him, Abraham. He said, here I, here I am, Lord. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac. Yeah. And go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. So Abraham had to fast and pray about this. He had to think about it a long time. So about five years later. No, look at the next verse. The very next morning, early. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw a place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then come back to you. Did you see that? We will worship and I will come back to you. We will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hands, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham! I mean, you know, when God called him, he just said it once. But we're, we got an emergency situation here. Hands are up. Abraham, Abraham, stop! <laughs> Wait a minute. He said, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, he said. Don't do anything to him. Now I know, I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram and sacrificed it as a burn instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Isn't that an awesome story of a father and a son? A father and a father and a son. The Lord will provide. We know that, that Hebrew name of God as Jehovah Jireh. Our God will provide. And in our culture today, we have this mindset that when we use Jehovah Jireh, how many of you ever used that in your prayer time? Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. We mostly apply it to our finances. God will apply and provide finances. We, we, we equate that. But that's not what Jehovah Jireh is providing. Jehovah Jireh is providing salvation. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ, God's only son. He is the provider of salvation and it is a gift and it is free and it is freely given and freely received. So God's looking at Jehovah Jireh. I will provide what? Salvation. I will provide healing. I will provide justification. I will provide righteousness. I will provide holiness. And when God does it, the sacrifice is made. It is finished 
It is done. So today we receive the blessings of God's sacrifice. Jehovah Jireh. Thank God for providing salvations and healings and deliverances and, and breaking of chains in our lives and strongholds because he has provided. I've got to tell you, God's got you covered today. He's already provided. Now, let's move to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. When God made his promise to Abraham... Since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Then it goes to explain this covenant. You see, people swear by someone greater than themselves. And the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all the arguments, puts an end to it. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to his heirs of what he was promising, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things, God and God, two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us that we may be greatly encouraged. If there's any dads or fathers or men here today that are discouraged, get encouraged. God has made an oath. He has sworn it by himself because he couldn't find anyone greater than himself and God cannot lie. And he said, I will provide. I understand provision. I know what it costs. It's sacrifice. We have this hope as an anchor. Don't you love anchors? They don't let you get moved. Boats that don't have an anchor, they drift. With the tides, with the motion, with the waves, with the winds. But when you have an anchor, you don't move. You're in one place. We have this anchor. We have a hope. We have a promise from God today. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Thank God today for the promise God made to Abraham and Abraham received it. Now, it took a while. I want you to remember this. God made a promise to Abraham when Abraham was 75 years of age. Abraham, you're going to have children. Abraham had faith. Now, faith was not really relevant in the Old Testament because of the law, but Abraham was exhibiting faith that was alive in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, and it took... 25 years for him to receive that promise. Now, how many of us today are willing to wait 25 years if we get a word from God? No, we want it right now. Pastor, I got a word from God. I'm going to get it right now. Well, just because God promises doesn't mean it's going to happen today. And you can't lose hope. Abraham had hope for 25 years, remember? He was 100. Sarah was 90 when Isaac was born. Can you imagine? I've got grandkids. And they, they were at our house the last three days and they wore me out. And I'm not even close to 100. I cannot imagine being 100 and starting a family. And then you've got to understand this relationship. It says this, that he loved Isaac. It was his only son whom he loved. Isaac, that's the way God it called him out. There's a lot of foolishness going on in our world today, and especially when it comes to God and truth. 
And we need truth to be an anchor. We need to know the truth, and the truth sets you free. Now go back and look at this, Genesis 22, 1 and 2. Abraham, sometime later God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him as a burnt offering on the mountain. I will show you. Wow. I got to thinking about this. I have a son. I love my son. I love him with all my heart, with all my mind, my soul, and my strength. There is nothing I wouldn't do for my son. I remember the day he was born. I was right there. I remember him growing up. And I remember changing his diapers and feeding him. And I couldn't wait for the day he said, da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> Slobbering. We were so excited when he got his first tooth, took his first steps. That's my boy right there. Yeah. He's going to grow up. I'm going to show him how to be a man. I'm going to teach him how to fish. I'm going to teach him how to hunt, how to throw the football, the frisbee. And, and man, as he's growing up, we're, we're having all these times where I'm teaching him all these things and we're having so much fun and we're laughing and he jumps on my back and I carry him around and it's so much fun because this is my son whom I love. I've been waiting for this promise just like Abraham. Abraham had been waiting 25 years for this time. Can you imagine how much he cherished every moment with him? Imagine that. And most theologians will tell you that by the time they get ready to go to Mount Moriah, Abraham is closer to 125 and Isaac is around 25 years of age. He's not some little boy because you've got to think about this. He's strong enough to carry enough wood to consume a burnt offering of a human body. That's not just two or three sticks of wood. It's a lot of wood. He's 25 years of age. And so this young man that has now grown up and looks a little bit like his dad and walks a little bit like his dad, everybody that met my son, they go, well, we know he's yours because he looks like you. He acts like you. Yeah, because it's in his DNA. And so God said, take this son whom you love, your only son, Isaac, and sacrifice him to me. I got to tell you, me and God having another conversation real quick. Oh, uh, uh, wait, what? Well, I, I thought you, then, no, wait a minute. Now, here's why, here's why I would be, you promised me, God, that you'd give me a son. And God would say, yeah, I promised I'd give him to you. I just didn't tell you how long I'd keep him away from me. I want him back up here with me. You see, so many times we, we, we come back and we want to argue with God. Abraham, the very next morning, early the next morning, he got up. He got up. I want to tell all the men here today, especially the men, but you ladies can kind of listen in on this conversation. Men, if you ever want to have a great relationship of any kind, it's going to cost you something. You're going to have to sacrifice something to be in relationship. And especially when it comes to God. God's going to ask you for that one thing that you love to see if you're willing to sacrifice it on the altar to prove that you love him. I got to tell you, in my relationship with Sandy through the years, we have both done a lot of sacrificing in that relationship. We've both been tested whether or not we love each other. And we pass the test. Why? Because we sacrifice. 
People may look at your life, people may look at my life and go, boy, I wish that was you. No, you don't. I, I may look at you and go, I wish that was you, and you go, no, you don't, Pastor, because you don't know what I've had to sacrifice on the altar to get the blessings that I've got today. You don't know what I've had to bring into God and say, God, I give it up for you today so that you can do whatever you want to do with me. I lay aside my will. I lay aside my dreams, my passions, my visions so that God, you may have your will in me and I lay it at the altar and I sacrifice it. You don't know what I've had to leave at the altar. I don't know what you have had to sacrifice, but I promise you, when you are in relationship with God, God tests your relationship strength. Do you really love me? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to put it up on the altar? Are you willing to raise your hands? Yeah. Because you see, if your hands are down, man down. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. How much are we willing to sacrifice today, men, to have a great relationship with God? For some of you, it may be you need to sacrifice your toys. Don't ask me for my boat. Uh uh. Come on. It might be guns. Man, guys in Oklahoma got a lot of guns. I'm kind of scared. I had an idea a couple of Father's Day ago about all the men bringing all their guns to church. The board told me, Pastor, you do not want to do that. I said, why? Because there will be thousands of guns in the church. Why do you need more than one? I don't know. I'm not a hunter, not a shooter, whatever you call it. One gun's good enough for me. I don't know how to do that one very well. Maybe God's going to ask you for devotion, time spent alone with him, just you and God. As a man, as a head of your house, you better spend some time alone with God. Yeah. You got to sacrifice some other things. Maybe you don't go fishing. Maybe you don't go hunting. Maybe you don't go play golf. Maybe you don't do this or don't do that so you can spend some time with God. Maybe, maybe it's your bank account. You like zeros on the end of stuff. Who doesn't? And maybe God goes, oh, wait, you're not trusting me. How much Are you willing to give so that you can live in an atmosphere of trust. Yeah. I love this right here. Genesis twenty-two fifteen. 15. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and he said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, here's what God says. I mean, Abraham had the knife up had his son bound to the, the, to the stones and to the, the wood there, ready to sacrifice. And God says, stop, Abraham, wait a minute. He says, because you've done this and you've not even withheld that promise that I gave you 25 years ago, here's what I'm going to do for you. I will bless you and make your descendants. I'll give you 10 times more than what you have now. No. I love God, don't you? He says, I'm going to bless you as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and though your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because why? You have obeyed me. Wow. Before you can get blessed in a relationship with God, you're going to have to sacrifice it all on the altar. 
or at least be willing to, God, I'm willing to, before God will say, because you withheld nothing from me, now I'm gonna bless you. And then God uses these two analogies. I love this. God says, I'm gonna use analogies so that you can understand a little bit how much I love you. I'm gonna say stars. Stars. How many of you know they are still discovering new galaxies that they never thought that was out there? More stars upon more stars. And God's going, listen, I got so many stars. I haven't, there's a lot of them you haven't even seen yet. A lot of them you won't even see. I got stuff layered outside your little planet you don't even understand. And I'm telling you, just like, I'm gonna bless you like all the stars in the heavens. Don't you love that kind of love? Then he said, I'm gonna bless you like the sand. How many, how many of you can even comprehend how many grains of sand are on a seashore? And God knows how many little pieces of sand on every seashore in the whole world. And he knows when they get rearranged by the wind or by waves. This kind of God has made a promise to Abraham and the promise is still true to us today. If we will sacrifice in relationship to God, God promises he will pour out blessings on us. Why? It is a covenant relationship. God swore by himself. Wow. We don't understand covenant in a lot of our relationships today, but here's what covenant is. When we get married and we stand before God, covenant, yeah. You see a rainbow, that's a covenant. And God cannot lie. God will be true to covenant. And through that covenant, Abraham was blessed. But it wasn't just Abraham. Isaac, Jacob, the descendants after that, and after that, and after that, because of Abraham's obedience. I've shared it with you once before. I've got to share it with you again today. I'm not just getting my blessings in my life. I'm setting up a bank account for my kids to be blessed, for my grandkids to get, I got trust funds set up in heaven right now. My grandkids are going to draw off the interest of Poppy's blessings and obedience to God. My great-great-grandkids, the Word of God tells me that they will inherit my blessings from God. Listen, today what I see is not all I got. Aren't you glad for that today? When you look at me and you go, well, that's all Pastor has. No, no, no. I got stuff you can't see. I've got a trust fund set up in heaven by God himself that says because I've sacrificed, because I've been obedient to God, and his will, he will now bless not only me, but he's blessing all my descendants because I have obeyed him and I trust him and God knows that I trust him and he can trust me that when he speaks, I say, here I am. I don't think I got, I got to start over. How many know how trust fund works? You got the trustor? You got the trustee? Then you got the beneficiary. God is setting this thing up in heaven. I'm putting all the stuff together. I'm obeying. I'm being obedient. I'm the trustee. And then I get benefits. Not just me. I'm putting down my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids. And you know what? When they obey you, Lord, they can get something out of here. And guess what? It's never overdrawn. <laughs> 
There's no end to this thing. There's no end to the blessings that God has prepared. I mean, we, we cannot comprehend the stars and the sand. And God goes, I'm going to bless you because you're obedient. Whatever I've asked you to sacrifice, you've sacrificed. The problem is today is we hear and we want relationship, but we don't want to do any sacrificing. There, there's got to be things we bring to the altar and we raise our hands to God and say, God, I am willing to sacrifice it. It may be the only thing. It may be the thing that I love more than anything else, but I'm willing to lay it at the altar and sacrifice it for you because my hands are up, you will bless me. When my hands go down and I hold on to what I got, guess what? That's all I got. When you hold on to what you can see is all you got, that's all you got. I know I've got some English teachers in here this morning going, Pastor is just tearing up the English language, but that's the way I feel today because you don't know what all I got. I got stuff in heaven today. I've got a father. He says, I know how to dress the flowers of the field. I know when a sparrow falls and I love you so much more than the flowers and I love you so much more than the sparrows. I know that any little thing you need, I will provide it for you because I am your father in heaven and I will give it to you freely. Hallelujah. When I get on my knees, I don't have to worry about my trust fund being empty. I don't have to worry about somebody overdrawing it prematurely. I don't have to worry about the trust store going, oh, wait a minute, it's not time for you to do that. You're gonna have some penalties. No, no, no. When I get on my knees and I begin to say, Jesus, the Father says, what do you have need of? I have already provided in Jesus. Because you have obeyed me and you trust me, I will bless you. Covenant relationship. You see, God sacrificed his one and only son whom he loved, Jesus. He didn't stop with a bull or a goat or a ram or a pigeon. Here's a verse that I love. Oh, I, I quote this so many times. Psalm 20, verse seven. Some trust in chariots, and summon horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Where is your trust fund at today? Is it at the bank? Is it your 401k? Is it at some investors? Is it in Wall Street? Because it may be, if you're not careful, it may be what you see is all you got. Where are we storing up? Some trust in chariots. Some people trust in all their possessions. Some trust in horses. Well, pastor, I've got this whole thing figured out. Well, good, because I don't. Somebody said, well, aren't you worried about what's going to happen to you when you get old? No. I'll just be a burden to my kids. They've been a burden to me. I'll be a burden to them. <laughs> Payback. I change their diapers, they'll change mine. <laughs> I got a father that I trust. I do the best I can with what I got, but I got a father. Because I want to tell you, whatever you have ain't enough when they tell you cancer. Whatever you have ain't enough whenever they tell you you got some big major problem. 
And I want to tell you, I've seen 401Ks disappear like that. I've seen savings go just like that. Dawn in a whisper. God, whatever you ask me to sacrifice, I will lay it on the altar. And hands up. Whatever. I see the problem with men, it's real hard sometimes because all of us, myself included, all of us have a lot of pride inside of us. We are men. We don't want to be helped. We don't want anybody to know we need help. And we're strong, hard-headed, and stubborn. No, 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 no. Don't clap on that one. <laughs> the men didn't clap on Mother's Day, so... We are. But God made us that way for a reason so we could be strong, courageous. When we have a problem, we do our best to, to fix it. Be strong. We're leaders. We're conquerors. Absolutely. And there's good and bad in, in all of those characteristics. And sometimes the bad is, is that we don't ever stop and ask God for help. I got to tell you, there's been a lot of times in my life I could fix something. I could fix the wheels on the bicycles. I, I could take care of a leaky roof. I could do whatever I need to do around the house. But there's been times, been times when my babies needed more than I could do. There's been times where in my house we needed peace and I tried all the arguments that I had and it didn't work. I had teenagers just like some of you. And I'm just going to tell you, teenagers are crazy. Don't try to figure them out. They're just crazy. But in those problems, I didn't run to any person. I got my hands up. And I said, Jesus, I need help. I need help. My family's in trouble. My kids are in trouble. I know what it's like to be in the house at night praying and you don't know where your kids are. I know what that's like. I know what it's like when the enemy tries to steal your kids and try to kill your kids. I know what that's like. And I want to tell you what, the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy pastor's kids more than any other kid in the church so that all the other parents go, ah, his kids aren't any better than mine. hard time. You don't know what I've had to sacrifice on the altar to get the blessings that I have in my life today. Nor do I know what you have had to sacrifice in your life to get the blessings that you have today. But I know one thing, man, we can get weary and worn out and tired and we can be doing this Can't even hardly get a deep breath in because something else just hit you. Yeah. Seems like that's the way it happens, isn't it, men? The car breaks down. The house breaks down. You break down. Everything's broke. Toilets won't flush right. Air conditioner quit. Why don't the air conditioner quit in December? Just ask Got to have a new refrigerator, new washer, new dryer. 
We're working, 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 working and seeing we can't get ahead. I know what that's like. And our hands get down. We try to analyze it and boy, we get the calculator out, we get the computer out, we got our spreadsheets and going, it should be working. And it's not. Some are trusting in chariots and some in horses. God wants to bless you. He swore by himself two immutable, unchangeable objects. God swore to God. I will bless you. We are the descendants of Abraham, right? Abraham's one of the coolest dudes in the Bible. He's the only one who got a song. You know? Father Abraham. I mean, let's just stand and do Father Abraham this morning. No, let's don't. No, 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 no. no. He had many sons, we know. Many sons had Father Abraham. Because he was willing to, to sacrifice the one. That's the only reason. I have an anchor today. I have an anchor in my soul. I have an anchor in my life that, that does not allow me to panic in those moments. This is not about feelings. Because guys, we're not that good on feelings. Our goosebumps and all that other stuff. We like facts. And I'm giving you a fact today that is firm and secure. A fact that does not change. God will provide for you. God will provide like the stars and the sand. God will pour out blessings upon you, your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, but we've got to learn how to bring it to God hands up, ready to let go of everything that is the most important thing in our lives. And we all know what that is. For every man is different. But God will. We stand on the promise of God. The promise he made to Abraham, he makes to us. God promises deliverance. Now listen, these are facts. God delivers people from addictions. Today I'm hearing weak anemic churches and prayer people that are, well, we, we can't do this. No, we can't, God does. There's a spirit attached to drugs. You know that, right? There's a demonic spirit attached. They come in and they, they, they influence. We've got we to be spiritual, supernatural men and women of God. We've got to know how to touch the heart of God and have the power of God in our lives and in our prayer life. God can deliver from drugs, pornography, lust, the love of money, the feeling of helplessness, the feeling of hopelessness. Jesus told Simon Peter, he said, God, the, the enemy wanted to sift you like wheat, Simon, but I prayed for you. <laughs> Whew. You see, the enemy wants to sift us, but Jesus is praying for you, men, right now. The enemy wants to try to knock you down, get your hands down, but Jesus is, can you imagine Jesus, the Son of God, on his face, praying for you to the Father? Don't you know? That has some power to it. That has some authority to it. So what you see is not all I have. Right now, I got a Father who loves me, and I've got Jesus praying for me, saying, come on, Pastor, preach the truth today. Let the men have an anchor in their 
their soul today so they don't move beyond the goosebumps, beyond the feelings, beyond the emotions. I am on the rock, Christ Jesus. When things come into our lives, I don't panic. I, I, I don't go running around. I go, no, wait a minute. Here's what God said. Here's what he said. And I cannot tell you how many times I've walked into his presence with this book in my hand. Lord, your word. Your word. And he says, you're right. I made a promise. I swore by myself an oath and I cannot lie. Yeah. There was a time in mine in Sandy's life where our kids weren't serving God, just like all of yours. I went into the presence of God and go, wait a minute, God. When you gave our kids to us, we came back to the church and gave them to you. I held my son and my daughter up like this in church and I gave them to God. I dedicated them to God and I said, God, whatever you want for their lives, they're yours, they're yours, they're yours. You just let me take care of them. I'm just a caretaker, but they're your kids. I said, I gave them to you. I need you to help me. And I cannot keep you here long enough. And not all of you have stories too. I don't know your stories. But men, I know that you bear the brunt of the weight of your family on your shoulders more so than the women will ever know. Sometimes ladies think that they're doing everything and they have to do it. Listen, you don't understand the weight on a man's shoulders for his family. It's heavy. Men worry about their family all the time. They worry about the finances. They worry about the budgets. They worry about their jobs. They worry about their health. They worry about their wives. They worry about their kids. They are in tune. They are connected. They do know what's going on in the family. And we have a heavy load on our shoulders because sometimes as men, we feel like we're doing this thing all by ourselves. And that's why I'm preaching this today. Men, you are not alone. You are not doing this thing all by yourself because we like to stay isolated. And when we see other men, how's it going? Man, it's going great. Hallelujah. Can I help you? We don't want to let other men know that we need help. We get tired and our hands go down. And I'm here today. It's time for hands up. I don't care how tired you are and how weary you are. I don't care if you can breathe or not. It's time to get your hands up. Be like Abraham. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll give you whatever you want me to do. All is yours as long as I know that I can trust you. And see, God tested Abraham because he didn't know if he could trust Abraham or not. So I wonder today, can God trust us, men? Can God trust us? You see, in relationship, it goes both ways. The number one thing in a relationship is trust. Sometimes we need strength to raise our hands. They're heavy. There's a burden there. And we need strength. And I have found that iron sharpens iron, Right? So men, got a lot of iron in this house today. You're strong. You've been forged in the fires. I don't know, there may be some of you this week, hands down. You're wore out. You're tired. You're weary. You're carrying it all on your shoulders. You're worried about everything. And I'm here today to tell you, you got an anchor, Christ Jesus. 
You're not doing this thing all by yourself. God's on your side. He's fighting for you. Message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.